Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, your weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 452. We're diving back into the email inbox this week because there's a lot to cover as it relates to some of the emails that you sent in, and I don't want to be behind, so here we go. Over the last year or so, as the cruise industry has restarted, I've gone from too many emails to read to not enough emails to read to too many again. And so to keep things a little even keeled, I thought this might be a good opportunity to answer some cruise questions that you've sent in. You can also email me your questions, by the way, by emailing them to matt at royalgreenblog.com. So our first email this week is from Jerry from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Although I pronounce that the French way, I'm sure like most cities in the United States pronounce Coeur d'Alene. Sorry, Jerry, no offense to you and your town. <laughs> uh, Jerry writes, we're on Brilliance of the Seas for a June 19th sailing from Ravina. We'll be departing Vancouver, British Columbia on the 16th and arriving on the 17th. Prior to departure, we'll be rested for COVID on the 14th. Tested, I think he meant. He wrote rested. I'm pretty sure he means tested for the COVID on the 14th. I've not seen any real coming postings on COVID testing and departures from Italy. I would hate for the four of us not to be allowed boarding after flying and driving over 6,000 miles. Now, Jerry, of course, I'm sure you were aware by the time you sent this email already since then. Royal Caribbean has released protocols. You can always find their their protocols, by the way. If you go to Royal Caribbean's website, the very top of the page on RoyalCaribbean.com, there is a link that says Healthy Sail Center. You just click on that, and then you scroll down. This That part is easy. The second part, not so much. But if you scroll about halfway through the page, you're going to see a heading that says Getting Ready for a Healthy Cruise. And then there's, an, there's a link there for Protocols for Booked Guests. And you click on that, and there's a drop-down. And there you say where you're sailing from. So in your case, you're sailing from... Italy, Venice, which is otherwise known as Ravenna in your scenario. And then slowly but surely, the protocols will show up there for you to know about. Now, if you have a cruise coming up, regardless of where you're cruising from, if you're not more than about a month or two out, if you are more than a month or two out, I should say, don't expect too many protocols to come out before then. Royal Caribbean is really playing close to the best because quite frankly, a lot is changing and they're just not comfortable putting out protocols for you know, three months from now, six months from now, and then having to change it because inevitably, number one, that just creates, I think, a bad experience. People, they're told one thing and then something changes to something else. And on the other hand, I think a lot of people, maybe not people who listen to this podcast, but there's a, I'm sure there's people who check the protocols once and then never check it again, which is, you know, I wouldn't say it's a great idea because things can change. And yes, Royal Caribbean is supposed to email you when that happens, but I, I wouldn't rely on that. You should never assume anything. You should never rely on anything uh, for that. So, um, as it relates back to your question, you're asking about uh, COVID testing for departing from Italy. And I think you want to know basically the COVID testing requiring requirements for your cruise. And basically anyone who's vaccinated needs a negative PCR antigen test no more than one day before booking. That is a difference. I believe it's an Italy rule where you're going to need to get a test uh, no more than one day instead of no more than two days before your cruise. One idea you could do is take an at-home test that's acceptable by Royal Caribbean and um, bring that with you and then test while you're in Italy. There are a lot more testing facilities in Italy. I would rely on something up. When it comes to testing, no matter where you're cruising from, have a plan and have a backup plan, whatever that may be. You know, you just don't want to leave things to chance. And to your point, you don't want to drive or fly, drive 6,000 miles to run into a problem that could have been addressed if you spent a little time booking something or doing a little bit of research there. So um, yeah, refer to the protocols. I would double check them again, a little closer to your sailing 
maybe two, three weeks, then I would check that probably like almost daily at that point. But, you know, have a plan for your testing. Either the airport's always a good place to do that. It may not be the cheapest place to do it. And I'm not talking the airport. I'm talking the airport you're flying into. That could be an option. Uh, if you have, there's an at-home test option, bring the at-home test with you. You can use them overseas. It doesn't matter if you're, where you're using them from as long as you can get them. So that's another option as well. And of course, there may be local testing facility options. Don't rely on Royal Caribbean and the cruise line to provide it for you. You know, just Google around what's available in Ravenna or whatever city you're flying into. Uh, you know, there's still a fair amount of testing facilities in these places. Uh, and of course, uh, if you're looking for some ideas as well, the Royal Caribbean blog message boards might be a good spot. Next email is from Jenna McAndrew. Hi, Matt. My husband and I are cruising in May over Memorial Day out of Cape Liberty on Anthem. My parents will be sailing with us, and I wanted to see if you knew whether we'd be given any trouble if we want to be seated at dinner with my parents if we have the drink package and they don't. I wanted to be sure that this people would bring their bottle of wine to the table and that they, that they would have packed and us still be able to use our drink package at dinner. I wasn't sure if this was frowned upon to sit at dinner with a party that doesn't have the drink package in case Royal Caribbean fears that you will sneak them drinks or something like that. Hope that makes sense. Thanks for all you do with the podcast. Jeff, thanks for the email and no worries at all. No, it's, it's a fair question. As, as I was reading it, I was like, okay, this makes sense why you're asking this. So Jenna's right. If you, you know, if you're sharing a room, if your parents were in the room with you, that'd be awkward. But if you were sharing a room with your parents and one of you got the drink package as an adult, all the others would have to. But in this scenario, no, it does not matter who has a drink package or not at the dinner table, whether it's the main dining room, whether it's a specialty restaurant, it does not matter at all. Uh, and yes, your parents can absolutely bring a bottle of wine for them to enjoy. Basically, Jenna, when you get to the, t to the table, your waiters have, I mean, they can look it up, but they're probably not going to look it up ahead of time. Anyway, they'll, you know, you order a drink and you'll say, I have the drink package and they'll figure it out. They're, they're, you know, who has the drink package, who doesn't. So there's no problem at all. There won't be any issues with your parents sitting there because you have a drink package or their ability to enjoy the wine they brought on board. So no problem at all. Next, we have a mail from uh, Jeremy. In 2015, my wife and I took a five-night cruise from Tampa on Brilliance to the Seas. Let me start by saying this cruise was a comp cruise from Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. Having said that, it was awful. The whole ship smelled bad, the food was barely edible, and the entertainment was extremely lackluster. A couple years later, we tried an NCL cruise on one of their newer ships and loved it. The food was, the food and ship were clean, the food was great, uh, the entertainment was good, and the service was top-notch. Since then, we've been doing NCL cruises and love them. But we made the decision to try Royal Caribbean again this summer on Oasis of the Seas from New Jersey. We're excited to see and experience an Oasis-class ship, but are a little apprehensive about the cleanliness and food mostly. Will this be a totally different experience that we had on Brilliance? Thanks. You know, Jeremy, obviously I don't agree with your assessment of Brilliance. I've gone on Brilliance a number of times and I've paid for them. I got on a comp cruise, so I had more invested in it than even you did. But I, I mean, I've never had any issues with the ship smelling bad. I thought the food was really good, both complimentary and the... And the um, uh, especially dining. And of course, I thought the entertainment was fine. You know, there's no Broadway shows on Brilliance, but it's it's entertaining. I like the the pub singers and schooner bar performers and whatnot. I mean, that being said, this, this email, Jeremy, highlights, I think, a very important concept in cruising. And that is we all cruise differently. We all have different expectations. So your question is, you're going on Oasis and you're worried about the cleanliness and food. I think it's a perfectly great ship. It sounds to me, based on your email, that you generally prefer newer ships. I think that's just your style of cruising, which is totally fine. You know, you went on Brilliance and you went on NCL's new cruises. You like NCL's new cruises better. It's like, you know, it's a lot like new hotels, you know. Whenever you say you ever say to a new hotel, like a hotel like opened up in the last, you know, year or so, even less than that, it's hard to screw up a new hotel. I mean, there's, there's very little opportunity yet for... <laughs> you know, infestations or damage or anything like that. It's just, it's brand new. It's hard to screw that up. Same is kind of true of cruise ships in the sense that when ships are newer, they have, you know, more of the whiz-bang features in there and they have a little more, uh, you know, they're more up to date. They have, there's less time for them to, 
you know, age as it were. Do I think you'll have a fine time on Oasis? Absolutely. I mean, Oasis and the Oasis class is what I always recommend to first time cruisers, you know, because they're just, they offer the latest and greatest that Royal Caribbean has to offer. Oasis had an amplification right before the pandemic in late 2019. So, you know, it sounds to me like you're setting yourself up for success. Ultimately though, when you're talking about the food and this is a really, there's nothing more subjective than, than, than food, Jeremy, because you have to remember it's, the example I always share with people is everyone listening to this podcast, you know, if, if you could all see each other, uh, you know, I would ask, okay, raise your hand if you like broccoli. And I'm going to willing to bet around 50% plus or minus 10% are going to raise their hand and say they love broccoli. And I bet you the other half or so are going to look at those people. Like, are you crazy? Broccoli? It's awful. Why would you want that? And there'll be some people who will absolutely say, are you crazy? Broccoli is the best, you know, side dish, vegetable, whatever you want to look at. It's amazing. And it's just proves that everyone's got different tastes and different, you know, whatnot. Maybe your palate is different than others. Uh, maybe you prefer, I don't know what you ate at an NCL. Maybe you like specialty dining more than you like complimentary. I, I don't know. But my 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 answer to your question is, will it be a totally different experience than we had on Brilliance? Yes. I mean, an Oasis scholarship and a, and a ratings scholarship are fundamentally very, very different. Um, I, but I, I do think that, you know, overall, Royal Caribbean has a pretty consistent approach to their experiences on board. And you know, whether we're talking about dining or entertainment, certainly there's a lot more to choose from entertainment wise. Certainly there's a lot more activities to do on board. The ship is bigger. And again, based on the fact that you like NCL's newer ships, I got to think you'd like the Oasis class as well. And as for the food, I don't think you'll have a problem. I mean, I wouldn't warn anybody, oh, we're going on Oasis, you know, the food's not good or anything like that. I, I think the food is fine. So my advice is, yeah, give it a try. I think you'll like it. I, I think, you know, ultimately, you know, I it, things are different. Things change a little bit. So I think it's important to always come in with an open mind and be flexible and all that. But, you know, it's um, I, I I hope that you have a great time because obviously I'd love to have you uh, enjoy more Royal Caribbean cruises. It's always good to see. But I'm also, you know, hopeful that you'll go into it with the right state of mind, not just like almost like I'm imagining you're going into this, Jeremy, almost like um, in the typical in a movie when uh, the DMV instructor with like the clipboard and the pencil. I know you're not going to do that, but it's almost like that mentality. And I want to be like, you know, you take where take where it goes for you. And maybe if this complimentary isn't maybe the night dining room isn't working out for you, try especially dining. Maybe that'll be your, your jam. You never know. So uh, good luck. Hope you enjoy the cruise. There are worse problems in the world than trying to find the, the, the best cruise ship for you. Next email is from Erica Krauss. Good afternoon, Matt. I've got only a handful of cruises today, most recently with Royal Caribbean. I'm a longtime listener, first time question asker of the podcast. We're looking at the 14 line Ultimate Caribbean cruise leaving out of Bridgetown, Barbados on a Rhapsody of the Seas. My husband, 13 year old, and I are looking at this option in the near future. My questions are as follows Number one, is there going to be offered, is this going to be offered on future sailings other than December and February, such as during the summertime? Uh, typically not. Uh, Royal Caribbean, especially in the Caribbean, does not offer typically really long sailings, more than seven nights or 10 nights, I should say. 14 is pretty rare. So what you see is what you got. And I would imagine that, generally speaking, you don't. Um, sometimes overseas, Erica, you get longer sailings, like in Europe or Australia especially. It, this has to do, I think, a lot with the American uh, model or approach to vacation. Usually when most families take vacation in the United States, it's everyone thinks about in the context of a week, right? Because typically when you get a week, you get a break from school. It's for a week. Most jobs, you're talking about a week off. So when you're looking at, you know, what Rokerman has to offer for primarily an American market, and I can see here you're an American based on your email. 
this is basically what to expect. So 14 nights are rare and unusual. So I'll answer that. Number two, is there stuff to do for teenagers on the ship? We don't necessarily want to take him, but want to keep their options open. There is a teen club on board. I mean, this is not like an, a Oasis or Quantum class ship that has like bumper cars and all the amazing whiz-bang features you might see in a commercial. Is there a teen club? Yes. Is there a pool? Yes. Is there a basketball court and activities? Yes. But it's not on the same level. I think that the biggest issue people run into, this goes back to her, the other email with Jeremy with Brilliance, is expectations. What does your 13-year-old want? You ask me, you know, is there stuff to do? That's an incredibly vague, no offense, an incredibly vague statement because, or question, I should say, because maybe your 13-year-old likes reading books and are you asking, are there books on board? Probably not, but just go with me on this one. You know, does your 13-year-old want to have a ton of organized activities? Does your 13-year-old want to have, uh, you know, a number of, of kids his age to hang out with? By the way, on longer sailing, especially 14 nights, it tends to skew a little bit older because, again, families don't usually take two-week vacations in the U.S., just something else to keep in mind. So, would he have the worst time of his life? No, but, you know, if he's like a social butterfly and wants to have the ship with a ton of teenagers and wants to have a ton of activities organized, it might not be that much of an experience. But on the plus side, on the plus side, it might be a lot more... Uh, intimate in, in, in not, not in that I know teenager I shouldn't have used that word but it's uh you know there's gonna be less kids on board less teens as well and so maybe it's a smaller group it's easier to get to know each other kind of a thing maybe that works out to them I can't promise you obviously anything like that but it's important to know what the ship has to offer in terms of activities so my advice also Erica is look at a cruise compass might give you an idea of what's really out there to get a better idea because you know you're something much better than I do Number three, how are the various ports handling the COVID restrictions once our cruise ship arrives? Most are pretty easygoing. I don't know which ports you're going to. There are a handful of ports, I believe, in the Caribbean that still have, like, some mask restrictions. Primarily, that's what you're talking about. There's a few countries uh, in the Caribbean that still require you to wear masks outdoors. There's a few and far between. Uh, I would research that on your own because, of course, Erica, by the time even I answer this email, by the time you go on your cruise, the pro th that could have changed, obviously. Uh, but most countries are pretty open, and it's just easygoing. The restrictions on uh, this one apply to you because your 13-year-old has to be vaccinated to go on the cruise. But if you had unvaccinated kids who were younger, you know, that rules out the door in terms of product tour. So basically, when you book a tour, let's put it this way, Eric, when you book a tour, there's nothing to worry about in terms of, you know, protocols hindering your options. And lastly, what hotels are the best place to stay close to Bridgetown, Barbados, the departure port? Thank you so much. Keep up what you're doing. I get so excited on Wednesdays when the podcast comes on. E even my boss knows not to bother me while listening. I love that. It's like, all right, let me go uh, give Erica some time. Wait a minute. What day is it? It's Wednesday, sir. Oh, great. She's gone for the day. This is not going to happen. Wait till Thursday. <laughs> Hashtag priorities, right? Uh, in terms of a hotel in Barbados, you know, I have been to Barbados, but I've not actually... Um, I've not actually cruised out of Barbados. I've only been a day visitor there. But uh, I do remember that uh, when Royal Caribbean was going to offer, well, they did offer cruises on Vision of the Seas. I did write an article. I did some research on where to stay. If you're looking for five-star luxury, the Coral Reef Club for families, this might be a good option for you. The Coconut Court Beach Hotel. If you want an eco-lodge, eco-lifestyle and lodge. And if you want a boutique hotel, uh, Sweetfield Manor. Those are probably some really good starting points. There's Royal Caribbean also recommended a number of other hotels that you can look into. Turtle Beach Resort, Sea Breeze Beach House, South Beach Hotel, Radisson Aquatica Resort, Accra Beach Hotel, and the Hilton Barbados Resort. Again, I only knew about all this because there was uh, an, an info webinar about Barbados when Royal was about to restart cruises from Barbados. So I, I wrote an article and did some research of my own there. Hopefully, 
that helps you out. Um, and, and Erica, thanks for checking out the email and the podcast. <laughs> thanks for checking out the podcast and writing me an email. There you go. There's the right English. Next email is from Jennifer from Baton Rouge. Hi, Matt. This weekend, I've convinced my brother-in-law and sister-in-law to join my husband and I on a three-night Independence of the Seas cruise in June 2022. When they booked, my time dining was full because they had to wait list. My husband and I have my time dining, but we, but we want to eat with them. So my question is, if I keep my time dining, would Royal let them join us anyway? If not, my plan is just wait it out. If they get my time dining, great. If not, I was going to ask for me and my husband to be moved to late dining with them. Once we get on board, is that the best plan? I think generally speaking, you've got the right approach for what your issue is. When it comes to wait lists, which is exactly what you should have done, ask them to put on the wait list, which they are, they usually all come through. Worst case scenario, Jennifer, I'm willing to bet when you get on board that ship, they would be able to, you know, oh, you want to get them in here? No problem at all. Um, I've had very good luck with that approach, but I think you'll more than likely, I mean, you've got only a couple months to go, but hopefully that that uh, that will the wait list will come through of course you can also do special dining it's a three night cruise so it's not gonna be terribly expensive if you if you just did exclusively specialty dining and that way you can get around this problem but i think one way or another you'll probably be able to figure it out i i, I just don't think that especially if there's four of you it sounds like there's four of you your brother-in-law sister-in-law and then you and uh, your husband i assume actually i don't assume you wrote me that already <laughs> So if it's four of you, the four top, I, uh, that seems pretty easy to fill. I would think your approach is pretty much exactly what I would recommend, Jennifer. So good luck with that. Hopefully that works out for you. And especially dining would be your ultimate backup. But I'm really not imagining a scenario in which they could say you you four of you can't eat together because we can't get the other two of you into one of the other dining rotations. It just seems extremely unlikely. Next email is from Tom and family. Hi, Matt. Love your show. We are first time cruises on Royal Caribbean. Sailing on Oasis of the Seas this July at New Jersey. Two questions. Number one, daughter who's 18 and wants to do sushi and sake lunch. What does my daughter, what does my daughter get to drink so she can't get sake? It's a great question. I have no idea. Uh, frankly, I'm not sure what they would give her. I mean, other than like, I guess Coke. I mean, maybe they'd make her a mocktail. I wouldn't bet on that. Um, I would probably say don't book her that. Just go in. The thing about the sushi, Tom, forget that. This is my advice. Drop the sushi and sake lunch. It's not worth paying for that for her. It's not even worth it. I don't think it's worth it for anybody, quite frankly. I think you're better off just going to the restaurant and ordering a la carte. Um, I, I think it's better than a fixed price menu, quite frankly. So that's what I would do. Just just order a la carte. Show up to the restaurant, make a reservation, show up to the restaurant, and, um, you know, and, and if you want to get that for you uh, or the adults, totally fine. Leave that alone. Leave the kids off. When you get there, your daughter gets there, and you just order off the menu ordinarily. No problem at all. That's what I would do. Do not buy that for her. Number two, we noticed in the app you can get messaging between parties. Do we need to have the internet package or not? How does that work? You do not need the internet package in order to message, but each of you needs to purchase the chat feature. The chat feature is not free. It's $1.99 per person per day. Even if you have an internet package, you still need to pay for the chat feature, which seems silly to me, but that's what the way it is. So at the very least, you could purchase it for your daughter and then one adult, and then that way you have a two-way means of communication. That would work uh, for that. Otherwise, you could just purchase her the internet package and then agree on an internet messaging app, you know, like Facebook Messenger or whatever, and send messages through that. It, the advantage of the internet package, I'm sorry, the advantage of the chat package, the chat feature, is it's good for somebody who absolutely does not want to buy the internet, but still wants to be able to communicate you via the Royal Caribbean app, and then that would work for you. So hopefully that answers your email there. Next email coming in is from Tammy. I've been listening to your podcast for a long time. I look forward to them, and I thank you for putting them together uh, such a great, informative podcast. I'm booking Adventure of the Seas July 7th, 2022 for nine nights, Bermuda and Eastern Caribbean, 86 days and counting. Also back on the same ship for five-nighter in Bermuda, October 22nd, 20... Well, she put one. I'm pretty sure she means... Uh, two or something like that. Anyway, 
I see that effective March 7th for me is requiring a travel or authorization form to be completed 30 days prior with a $40 fee per person. You also need to provide proof of vaccination and proof of a negative test within four days of arrival in Bermuda. I had called and asked about that test you take at home two days prior to sailing, which I thought would work since Bermuda was the first port, but the girl on the phone got me all confused by saying that that was not two days before embarkation in Bermuda. I think she's incorrect. I'm hoping the at-home test will work since that's what we are planning to take. I'm not sure how they'll enforce this since it's coming from Bermuda and not the cruise line. They say it's required even if you don't get off the ship. I feel that that's not needed since we're already being vaccinated and show negative test results in order to get on board the ship. I guess that fee is the outrageous to me because we're already paying the port fee taxes. Think about how much additional Bermuda we'll be pulling in for every ship cruise line for this form. I'm all for them getting tourism back, but not that way. At this time, I'd rather skip Bermuda, which is a favorite port for me, and go to Coco Key. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on this? Sammy, uh, you know, this sounds a lot like when Royal Caribbean restarted cruises in June 2021, and we all cruised out of, well, some of us, <laughs> cruised out of Nassau, Bahamas. And at that point, Tammy, we had to do the exact same thing. We had to fly to the Bahamas, fill out the Bahamas form, which was their health form, which was had an additional fee. Um, initially, we would have taken a test, but as we got closer to the cruise, if you were vaccinated, then you didn't need to do a test. But you would have done that. And then you have to do another test when you get to the Bahamas in order to get on board your ship. Um, that was obviously a different time. Is it, I mean, is it an extra step and does it cost extra money? Yup. Um, are they making money on it? I don't know, maybe, but that's, it's their, it's, that's, it's their, it's their ball game. It's, it's their, you know, decision to do that or, or not. Um, it's not ideal, but I mean, I don't know how much, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is, while I commiserate with you, I don't know what else to tell you other than that. This is the only option you've got if you want to go on a cruise to Bermuda. Could it change? Absolutely. Keep an eye on it. I mean, you could do two, a couple things. Number one, you could cancel. Number two, you could wait till final payment date and then cancel if this is still in place. Number three, you could, uh, you know, just go with the flow and, and, you know, it is what it is. And maybe, maybe they drop it as we get closer. Uh, to your sale date, you never know. But I don't want to give you false hope, Tammy. Like, oh yeah, it'll definitely drop. I have no idea. Um, it's it is a formality. It is a, I mean, forty bucks a person. You know, if you've got you know four people, that's you know one hundred sixty dollars. That's not a cheap formality. But you know, I've spent more money on on things that I thought worse things. Let's put it that way. And you know, it is what it is. Ultimately, how important is it to go to Bermuda? If it's not that important, you say, like you said, you'd rather go to Coco Key. Then my advice, and this is really a bother to you, is wait, hold on to final payment date. If it's still that this is the case, then book a cruise that goes to Coco Key instead. Heck, you can even book a cruise that goes to Coco Key instead as a backup. Have two bookings at one time, and then make a decision later on to cancel. That way, you have a more time to you know get a itinerary and a cabin you you prefer. Um, you know, th there's different options. I mean, ultimately, there's nobody forcing you to go on this. At the same time, you know, you feel that the fee is outrageous. Don't go on the cruise. That's the best way you can do it. I mean, they don't care if you're angry or happy when you pay that $40 a person. They're just, that's how they feel they need to operate. And whether or not it's a fleece or it's required or necessary, we can sit here and argue about that, you know, all day long. But I think ultimately it's just, this is the way it is. And um, if, if it bothers you to that point, then I would recommend, like you said, your last line here is uh, at the time I'd rather skip Bermuda and go to Coco Key. Then it sounds like you might want to consider canceling your cruise and then booking a different cruise instead. Uh, I know that's kind of a disappointment because you do love going to Bermuda, but you know if the situation. And I'm going to expand this to anybody who's going to you know Europe or Australia next year or wherever. If the protocols are not to your liking, you should cancel while you still have the opportunity. I mean, I love cruising and I 
I absolutely have enjoyed every single cruise I've gone on since the cruising has restarted. It has been different, and there's been more hoops to jump over than other times. And, um, you know, depending on where you're going, there's different protocols out there. But if you're not comfortable with it, you know, don't go in there angry. <laughs> don't, don't do an angry vacation where you're going to be like, I'm going to show them or I don't know what the mentality is like. Cancel. Go somewhere else or wait it out. That's another option as well. You know, so my advice to you, based on what I'm hearing, and again, I'm just reading this off an email. You might have already changed your mind by the time you said you sent me this email, Tammy. But if that fee is really bugging you, if you're if that if that the ordeal, if you will, of going through that, it really bugs you. I would say your best option is to simply cancel, rebook a different sale and go somewhere else that doesn't have that those hurdles to go through and, and do that. And if that's not like Matt, I really don't want to go to Kogeki. I really want to go to Bermuda. Maybe wait it out. Wait till next year, you know, or later this summer. You never know. Things can change, but uh, I got to be as realistic as I can. And I think uh, when it comes to the protocols, if there's something in there that just does not jive with you for whatever reason, that's fine. You should also remember you always have the chance, the choice to cancel it and not go through with the cruise. Um, you know, don't go in there angry. I guess is the best way I can I can describe it. Not that you're angry, but you know what I mean. Like it's just the right approach is is really key there. So hopefully that answers. Uh, your email. Our last email today is coming to us from James Woodward of Stif Stephenville, Texas. Hi, Matt. Thanks so much for addressing my question about Diamond Perks in episode 450. I do have a follow-up question about something that you mentioned. You mentioned uh, Diamond members get a 24-hour internet pass. I think I remember that means you get a free day of internet service. I purchased the Surf and Stream via the Cruise Planner. Does that 24-hour free internet apply if I purchase the package over the Cruise Planner prior to sailing or only if I purchase the internet on board? If it applies to the internet purchase on the Cruise Planner, do I have to activate the Diamond discount somehow? Let them know using the Diamond perk. Will that then show up in the purchase and the net sale account? The answer is uh, no. If you want to use your Diamond perks for the internet package, you must wait to book it on board the ship, James. So basically what you would have to do is not purchase any internet before the cruise and get on board the ship, go to purchase the internet package on there, and then you'll automatically, uh, right before checkout, you'll see the discount applied. James says, one final question is my wife is also diamond. Does that mean I can use my diamond perk on day two of the cruise? For instance, my wife could use hers on day three, therefore actually giving us two free days of internet. That is correct. Yes, absolutely. And if you got kids, they get it too. So keep that in mind as another workaround for that. James, thank you for the email. Thank you to everybody for checking out this episode of the Royal Green Blog Podcast. If there's an email you'd like to send me about a question or something you want to talk about about Royal Caribbean, I'm here to answer it. Send it to Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again real soon.